And we are officially live. What is going on, JD? I know we're late as always, and I tell you all this every week. Expect that with us. We like to uh, keep on your toes, keep things interesting. I feel like it starts the show off with with something different every week. You never know what you're going to get. Will we be on time? Will we be two minutes late, six minutes late? Immediately, it's never going to get just, you know what I mean? It's not going to just become that same thing over and over again. It's just always going to be what's going on here. Oh man, we, we we just want to make sure you you're on your phone by now. That's 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 pretty much what, what you on your phone, your laptop, wherever you're watching from. We just gotta make sure you you're ready. So like we see the chat blowing up and we're like, what up? People have actually come to watch the yeah. podcast. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus, man. This is this is Amen. epic. So how are you, brother? Yeah, so uh, uh oh, I'm good. I'm good. Um, so right after last week's episode, for the people that don't follow us heavily on, you know, TikTok and whatnot, because not everybody has different amounts of usage. So you might only see us Monday and Wednesday. Some people might. Um, and after Wednesday, I just went downhill. I, I was just having some rough days, like health-wise, or just feeling like crap, right? I, I did not feel good. Um, so I, I took a couple days of just, I wasn't really online much. I just reposted some old stuff. Um, and therefore also all the giveaways, I didn't start, you know, shipping them out right away. Um, but as I said on, uh, my, on TikTok, in case you're not on TikTok, I'll repeat this again. If you want a giveaway last week and you still haven't talked to me, send me an email with your, um, address and, and just letting me know that you're contacting. If you did send that email, I was going through today and I just didn't get a chance to send, uh, send an email back to everybody. But, um, if you sent it, you're good then. We're going to be sending those out this week. Um, and yeah, we'll be crossing that bridge as we get there this week. But what is going on? It is our Monday episode. Uh, Wednesday, guys, look, give you a little sneak peek of what's coming uh, ahead. Uh, Wednesday, we're going to be having um, Voice of Reason on the show. Now, when I say Voice of Reason, there's a two of those uh, that exist right now on TikTok. Uh, one of them is... Uh, the Catholic voice of reason, who I was on a podcast with, and the other is a Christian who's Protestant. I don't know what you want to call him. And um, he does more science-related stuff when it comes to the Bible and scripture and, and faith. Uh, so uh, really looking forward to having him on the show Wednesday. You know, he comes from a different angle than J.D. and myself. J.D. and myself are more of the scripture, apologetic, uh, exegetical study. And not saying he doesn't do that, but that's where we put our focus at, right? Uh, or maybe some historical stuff, but he does more of the science realm. And we need apologetics in every realm because people yeah. attack Christianity from every, every angle. So I'm really yeah. looking forward to that. Yeah, that's going to be good. As always, by the way, uh, on TikTok, if you're joining me. Go ahead, my bad. I was just going to say TikTok, if you're joining in, uh, you guys can listen as always, but you can't comment. You can't uh, see JD. But if you would like to, come over to, um, to YouTube and hop on here and join us. The YouTube link is in the bio. Uh, so I know some people have said that my uh, my internet must be acting up because some people have said that I guess it's a little laggy. Is it laggy for you too? Yeah. Yeah, you, you're, you're a little blurry. You're a little... Uh, Very well. well I'm a little... I'm gonna let you go ahead and start the show off because tonight was yours. Uh, you know, you kind of came forward with tonight's, uh, you know, uh, subject matter that you wanted to discuss. Um, and I'm gonna really quickly just go ahead and switch over some stuff with my internet. So I'll be right back. I'm gonna let you go. Okay. Well, 
he's gone <laughs> we will welcome him back soon what's up everybody in the chat i see 65 people that's epic uh good to see you all god is good um so yeah prosperity gospel that's um there's so many things wrong with the prosperity gospel um word of faith movements um out there obviously they are the most prominent they they are homes to the the biggest congregations um most of you know them as mega churches um so the mega churches that we have today um again um churches were never designed to have 60 plus thousand uh seats um they weren't um that's the reality pastors are, are called to shepherd their flock if we go to second timothy chapter two if we go to titus we see that the man of god or whoever is shepherding the church is responsible for having one-on-one -on -one relationships with these congregation um understanding each and every single individual in their in their congregation um <clears throat> and uh that's 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 where we at uh, so ultimately, we see many, many issues within the prosperity gospel, and we're going to address a couple just just tonight. Just tonight. Um, so, for those of you who've got your Bibles ready, you can turn to Luke chapter sixteen. You can turn to Luke chapter sixteen, um, and we're going to see a parable that Christ speaks. Um, and then I'm going to just dive into a bit and. Obviously, we'll get we'll get Mark's ten cents as well as we go through this. But this is this is an important parable that Jesus Christ speaks to his disciples. So you can go to Luke chapter sixteen, and this is from verse thirteen. From verse thirteen, we see that that Jesus Christ. Uh, Mark, you can scroll down a bit. Um, uh, from well, I suppose let's let's just read the whole thing for context. That's fine. We'll just go through the whole thing for context um, so you guys can see what Christ is discussing. Yeah. He also said to his disciples, there was a rich man who had a manager and charges were brought to him that this man was wasting his possessions. And he called him and said to him, what is this that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management for you can no longer be a manager. And the manager said to himself, what shall I do since my master is taking the management away from me? I am not strong enough to dig and I am ashamed to beg. I am too ashamed, some translations say. I have decided that to do so that when I am removed from management, people may receive me into their houses. So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he said to the first, how much do you owe my master? And he said, a hundred measures of oil. He said to him, take your bowl and sit down quickly and write 50. Then he said to another, how much do you owe? And he said, a hundred measures of wheat. He said to him, take your bowl and write 80. The master commended the dishonest manager for his shrewdness, for his sons, for the sons of this world, are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth, so that when it fails, they may receive you into the eternal dwellings. And he goes on to say, one who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And this is kind of the focus zone. And then he goes, and one who is dishonest 
in very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have been faithful in unrighteous wealth, who will entrust you with true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another's, who will give you that which is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So who? There, there we see Jesus Christ delivering something that gives his disciples some time to sit and chew on. Now, <laughs> before I pass this one over to, to Mike, this is... The title is Prosperity Gospel. I've brought you to this parable. And yes, why? The when we are not saying that Christians are not to have money. Christians absolutely need to have money. You need to have money. Money is, money is a means to an end. We need money for ministry. We need money to get people uh, Bibles. Uh, we need money to help those who are in need. We need money to help the sick. We need money to help the needy. So money is essential. As we have also discussed in previous episodes, money in inherently is not the root of all evil, but the love of money is the root of all evil, which is often misquoted and often taken out of context. So what do we see with the prosperity gospel? The prosperity gospel offers you that if you come to Jesus, you will have the following health, wealth, and prosperity. That's the gospel that they offer so that's why we call it the prosperity gospel because this is what it offers this is what it boasts that if you come to christ you will get healthier you will get wealthier and you will continue to grow from prosperity to prosperity to prosperity to prosperity which clearly contradicts which clearly contradicts the parable that jesus christ has just delivered to his disciples you see we cannot be devoted to both money and God. One will despise the other. One will hate the other. And ultimately, if we look at just the grander scheme of things within the prosperity gospel, we see that these mega church pastors are, I'll just use Kenneth Copeland as an example, because I've spoken out on, on, on Kenneth Copeland and a lot of things he said. Um, but you can just go and do a little, you know, Wikipedia search on Kenneth Copeland, and you will see that Kenneth Copeland is his net worth is the richest pastor in America. His net worth is 760 million US dollars. Six seven hundred and sixty million US dollars. That's what Kenneth Copeland is worth. Um, my question is: how many Bibles can you buy? Yeah. Uh, how many Bibles can you buy with 760 million US dollars? How many homeless can you take off? How many homeless can you take off the street with 760 million dollars? How many people can we educate free seminary for free? These guys are charging thousands of dollars for books that they are publishing, and all those books are straight up rubbish. There's no, there's no good in there. There's absolutely no good in there. Their focus is on self rather than the king of kings and their focus is on how you can live a better life right now rather than how you can deny yourself pick up your cross and serve those around you so um you know getting back into luke chapter 16 what say you my brother what say you <laughs> all right well i'm back now can you hear me instantly yeah okay 
That's good. Your your head shakes after I speak. A minute ago, I spoke, and I'm like looking at you, waiting, like, "All right, is he going to answer?" <laughs> and you finally come back to me. Um, yeah, I, I I think I think I was still uploading some stuff in the background that I forgot about. I apologize. Um, but we're all back together. We're working, and, and luckily, this is why we have co-hosts. Because if I mess up, he's always available. That's the only reason I use JD. Um, and, and I really, you know, it's 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 real simple. But no, um, I love this topic. And just to add my two cents on what you've pretty much covered, and I'm so happy that you went here because Luke 16 is such a great parable. Uh, and it's one that not a lot of pastors talk about, not a lot of Christians talk about, because it's a it's a hard saying, right? We hear sometimes in the Bible, they say, this is a hard saying. You know, that's the way they would say what you and I would be saying today. Like, Ooh, that was that was tough, right? Like, mm, you want. Mm, you teaching that, right? That's what that's what they mean when they say this is a, surely this is a hard saying. Um, I love biblical language, bro. <laughs> surely this is not how you shall come forward and tell me this. Um, but let's talk about prosperity gospel. JD's really emphasized the two main issues that you see in the prosperity gospel. But if I had to summarize it for you, so that you can truly understand what it is, it's the gospel. Uh, the man-centered gospel, a gospel of self, where everything comes inward. It's God looking at you like, oh, I just want to save him so much. Like God just watching you exist. And nothing you're really doing is wrong. Everything bad is bad luck. You just, you need to get your head out of the, you just, you, you know what I mean? Like it's really not your sinful ways that have led to the destruction of your life. It's just the enemy is after you because God loves you so much. It's man-centered. It's not about Christ dying because he's king of kings and, and the lamb slain since eternity passed. It's that Christ died for me. And what a lot of people don't realize is I know the extremes are what we look at, the Kenneth Copelands, the Joel Osteens, but I think that Satan uses the extremes so we don't realize our issues in the same thing. Because here's the thing. If I can look at them and say, well, <laughs> I'm not that, you feel a lot better. But if they didn't exist, and the only comparison was the Christian that we see in the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. You're the, you look just like that prosperity person sometimes. We all do. Yeah. Um, we need to stop comparing up. We need to start comparing down. Whatever direction, I guess, what, what you want to call it. Wherever you want the originals to be, compare in that direction, not the other way. Um, because prosperity is all about me. One of the pastors at my church, he's not a pastor at my church. Let me fix that. He just goes as like member of the congregation, but he's a pastor that travels in a sense. He's a, he's a, I don't know what you call him. Like he travels, he speaks, he writes books. He's a Christian leader. Right. And, um, he has a quote from one of his books that said, self-help cannot involve self to fix the problem. If self is the problem, we have to go out of self to help self. You can't use self to help self because self is part of the problem. How can self be part of the solution? And you see, this is the problem with the whole self-help prosperity gospel. It's not looking to God as going outside of yourself. It's trying to bring God into you to where you come help me in my life, in my situation, and you're all about me. Um, so that's my two cents on it is that I don't always want to look too far and look at the big guys. I like to look at our issues when it comes to prosperity because we all do it a little bit. We all do those moments where we're like hmm, trying to hold on to our money and we kind of find ways around it. And let's just stop being naive and let's stop being uh, you know, stubborn and prideful and admit it. There has been times where we should have used our money for good and we did not. And I'm not talking about before Christ. Talk about right now. Let's be very honest. We're not perfect. 
We're not doing this perfect. All right. So before we dive into that, I want you to hear that. So in case you think like, well, this is a message for me looking at prosperity gospels. Don't look at it this way. Look at it as, am I following this kind of standard? Is this where my heart is at? Um, but I love that you brought up Luke 16. I'll bring it up uh, that you, you know, you just read it. Um, and I, I figured that's where you wanted to be, but I left it up. I couldn't say anything because I was off camera, but the whole parable, I really needed you to do it because when I start talking about this, I'm going to go back to it a little bit because I really want to focus on that, but I'm going to let you go ahead and take it because I know that you, you really wanted to get into this. Yeah. <clears throat> and I mean, uh, and like I say, yeah, the, the, the focal, the focal point yeah, is again, like, like Mark's already addressed. We, we look at the prosperity gospel. We see the dangers of the prosperity gospel. And again, this isn't a, this isn't a, uh, stood up and go, okay, Stephen Furtick, Kenneth Copeland, all of these guys, they bad, I'm good. No, um, this is a, <clears throat> how much are example? <laughs> like They're definitely an example to stay away from. Yeah, yeah. they they obviously will keep warning people about, about their teachings and how false they are. But again, we, we don't keep our standard by looking down on their standard. We <clears throat> don't judge them by any standard at all they're not preaching the gospel they're not preaching the gospel so i just want to make this abundantly clear when people come to me and they speak to me about kenneth copeland joyce Meyer, cd jakes i, I straight up say they're not christian um, and they're like what and i'm like they're not christian um god will still use you know he'll still use those churches to bring people in there's a lot of people i know that were originally saved in a church like that um but Here's what maybe I always we start actually here. Uh, uh, I know this was on. I mean, maybe this is just a perfect place to start. And while we're here to make it very clear what Paul said at the end of Philippians one, was it the end of yes. Philippians one? Yeah. Are you talking about like-mindedness and humility in Christ? No, no, no. To live well, is Christ. Right here. Uh, verse 16. Oh no. Verse 15. Some indeed preach Christ for envy and rivalry but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfish ambition. They're not proclaiming yeah. Christ out of the love of Christ. They're doing it for the things that it brings them. Power, eyes upon them, people saying, oh, you're so holy. Oh, you're such a blessing. You're such an anointed man of God. That feeling of look upon me and it says not sincerely but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment what then yeah. only that in every way whether in pretense or in truth christ is proclaimed and in that i rejoice that's that yeah. is the mindset of the christian you fight and stand against false heretical teachings however if christ's name be proclaimed even if it's proclaimed for the wrong reason i still rejoice because if a person thinks about jesus it puts them on a pathway where they may go find jesus and that's what i need i now i would yeah. much rather hear about the true jesus right off the bat but if i'm not there hey at least christ is proclaimed because what we mean for evil he will use for good so i think this is Amen. a great place with what you just said to go Amen. real quick to show Paul when he's dealing with that. These people that shouldn't be yeah. preaching the gospel, but hey, Christ's Amen. name is proclaimed and I'm going to rejoice. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's why I always say people might start there, but anyone who's truly seeking Christ, anyone who's come to Christ for the right reasons, if they've found Christ in a church like that, they won't be there long until they go, this doesn't sound right. This doesn't add up. 
this isn't working the way they said it would be working. Um, and then ultimately you dive into the Bible for yourself and you find many, 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 many errors with their doctrine um, simply because we do not have the authority to name and claim anything. Um, we do not get to manifest things. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, this is this is paganism. This is the book, The Secret, you know, just gift wrapped with a little bit of Jesus on the outside of it. But it's, we don't manifest. We don't, you know, I don't say to Mike, I decree that you are going to have a good life and, you know, you're going to have a full head of not, hair. That's why we're not the friends that we could be. Like, we could be closer, but you have yet to <laughs> prophesy over me, and I'm really upset about that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and 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 again, we we just look at we look at what happens to to, and this is the warning about tonight's episode. We we see a lot. I see a lot of people. Um, I've been going through a lot of Mike's videos lately, and I see a lot of people attack him um, on on statements he's made and you can just see <laughs> you can just see he doesn't get to see all the comments in his videos because some of his videos are like two thousand comments <laughs> i don't get to see them all yeah this is an accurate <laughs> statement i don't look either <laughs> yeah and 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 i just i just scroll through and you can see the ones <laughs> and you can oh, see really the ones that. You can see the comments who, who uh, the comments coming from people. And then when you go and look at their page and you see, okay, they're posting Furtick and they're posting Joyce Meyer. And you're like, okay, I, I, I get why you are trying to refute what Mike is saying. Because ultimately, the higher authority here isn't God. The higher authority is my pastor. Um, and this is what's happened. So the prosperity gospel places the pastor above Christ. So Christ is something that the pastor gives. Like this pastor is able to give you something that Christ has hidden from Christianity for thousands and thousands of years. And somehow they, they've cracked it. They've cracked the code. Um, and they've got, you know, lavish lives and $27 million mansions. So they can, they can tell you how to use Jesus effectively. So I just thought of the greatest uh, little series we can do on YouTube off air and, and upload it. It could be called <laughs> JD and Mike watch terrible preachers. And we'll just literally, <laughs> we'll literally just watch like an entire Stephen Furtick <laughs> sermon together and just be watching it on camera. And then I can come back and edit the terrible parts. Cause let me tell you uh, what's the Christian, there's a Christian TV channel here um in america i don't know what it is because i don't watch it but i was on vacation like what three months ago in in florida and everybody was out at the pool and i'm in the room and i remember trying to take a nap and i put on this channel that said christian network i'm like oh sweet and then it was a commercial though so i didn't know what was coming and then boom stephen furtick's on screen preaching so i'm like all right you know what i want to listen because like i've heard <laughs> the right? like i've i've heard the snippets but let me hear them. how bad could it be i'm just like Oh man, what is happening? What is happening? And and here's the thing though, it doesn't always have to be about money. Like again, prosperity gospel, prosperity preachers aren't always gonna be money. If you walk into a church and every week, every sermon, I'm not saying this can't happen sometimes because sometimes we as people who have to write a sermon, because I might not be a pastor, but I, I mean, I don't write on paper, but I write in my head, like preparing sermons. Sometimes you might come up with a cheesy point, right? Whatever. If yeah. every single sermon 
is about how you are this person in the Bible and how it's going to benefit your life and your job. And there's never sermons focusing on the blood of Christ, focusing on the atonement, focusing on salvation, focusing on the kingdom. Like if sermons are always your David, let's talk about the Goliath in your life. You're Naaman, let's talk about this. You're this, let's talk about this. You're Noah, let's talk about your flood, right? If that's every single sermon, it's a gospel of me. That's prosperity. Matter of fact, JD, ready for this? You know when the first gospelity gospel was ever preached? Gospelity prospers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Genesis chapter three. When Satan <laughs> said, you could be like God. Yeah. That's prosperity. God, hey, prom- God gave you everything and Satan came up and tried to say there's more. And Bars. you were more instead of what God Bars. already is giving us. Um, so... That's, 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 <laughs> we should definitely, oh my gosh, watch those. And I don't really want to, I just thought it'd be hilarious for y'all to laugh at, but it would be terrible for me. Yeah. To be. Just like me reading gospel of Barnabas recently, which I regret <laughs> highly. Um, <laughs> I also up real quick, JD, because again, you keep talking and as you're talking, I hear Bible verses. And this one has Paul saying that in the following instruction, I do not commend you. Because you come together, it is not for better, but for the worse. For in the first place, when you come together as a church, I hear that there are divisions among you. And I believe it in part, for there must be factions among you in order that those who are genuine among you may be recognized. Amen. But then he said, it's, Amen. hey, if someone comes to Jesus in the prosperity gospel, he's cool with that. You know why I agree with him? Because if they really are seeking Jesus... The true can be recognized from the false. With, I mean, let's be honest. If I just had a pile of cubic zirconians or whatever they're called, you would be like, okay, that's pretty. But if I put some real diamonds in there, you're going to see. You're going to recognize the diamonds shining out of there like, mm, that's different. That's different. Amen. Amen. God allows the, 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 false, the falsehoods to be around us because it lets his children shine brighter. It lets the counterfeit makes us look better. Whenever you put a counterfeit next to the legit one, you're like, you know what? Now I understand why we're paying for that. You know, yeah. like I thought it was a little overpriced, but now that I've seen the little, like the AirPods, people are like, why are AirPods cost $200, which I still would never pay for. But go ahead and check out all the knockoffs before people started to just make them cheaper. Like all the knockoffs were terrible. Look the same, but like yeah. the quality is trash because that's what a counterfeit is. It's it it cut it it uh, you know skips the uh, corners right or cuts corners, and that's the prosperity gospel. The counterfeit. It is not it it, it it's not true Christianity. Yeah, and I mean I, I've got a lot of people that 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 come out of the prosperity gospel, and then ultimately they levitate towards towards this to towards Mike's page or towards mine. Or I've been really slack on TikTok of late because my attention has been on the Bible reading and my attention has been on the podcast um, and, and to actually be out on the streets and, and preach to people who need it. Um, You know, I was sitting today, I was, I was listening to uh, a live by, you know, certain individuals um, on TikTok for a brief moment. And, you know, there's some people on TikTok, they're so busy telling you what the gospel isn't. Um, but we're out, we're we're out on the streets. We we're out on the streets, busy telling people what the gospel is, you know. <laughs> so so like like you can spend your days like 
telling people what isn't the gospel instead of getting out there and telling people what the gospel is and what saves them. Um, um, and I'm going to, I'm going to continue doing that. Like that's the wall God has placed me on is to bring people to Christ, not tell people 100 reasons why this isn't Christ. Um, and rather focus on this is what the gospel is. That. I need to clip that. They spend more time telling people what the gospel isn't rather than what the gospel is. That's a, you talk about bars when I drop bars, bro. No, that was a flamer right there. That was a bar. That was a <laughs> I mean, and, that would have went platinum. <laughs> Praise Jesus, bro. And I mean, and this is again, I saw the, I saw the comment from science behind the Bible. Uh, what is wrong with Joyce Meyer? Let, let me give you just, just one. Uh, Joyce Meyer has, first of all, she's not a pastor. Uh, in the biblical, you said it. <laughs> in the biblical sense of things, she's not a pastor. Um, she said some crazy heretical things. She believes in uh, in the. She supports TD Jakes. <laughs> she supports TD Jakes. She's visited TD Jakes's church, who's clearly a modalist, who clearly does denies the triune God of Scripture. She has said that uh, she she subscribes to the little gods doctrine that we are little gods, um, taking the we are created in his image completely out of context and she has also said that if you give if you give a, a seed offering to the church you get a receipt from god um and you've got this receipt now and whenever you're in financial trouble you get to go to god and demand your refund on your receipt um that's not the gospel that's not what the Bible says. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, remember the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, how it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Again, God loves a cheerful giver. We give to one another um, because we are able to do so, not because we are expecting something in return from God. We're brothers and sisters. Now, I want you to consider this for a moment. We've got 90 people in the chat. If you've got a brother or sister, a blood brother or sister, then you would know what they mean to you, especially if, you've, if you're an older sibling and someone comes at your little bro. You're like, yo, what? Uh, I'm going to beat down on this guy. You're going to come at my brother like that. So the same principle is what is to be applied to the Christian. Mark's not just a, a guy I share a podcast with. He's not just my homie. He's not just my friend. He's my brother. So because he's my brother, if he comes to me and says, man, I'm in a pickle. Um, I need help here. Then I can go, okay. Yeah, I will I never you. say I'm in a pickle. <laughs> True story. <laughs> True story. The, the, I'm in a cucumber. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we do what we can do whether it be by prayer, whether it be by encouraging with biblical reason, here are scriptures that you need to dive into. And then financial aid um, is something we've all done for one another um, in the body of Christ, because that's what we are called to do. We are called to help one another when it comes to we are able to do so. And we do so from a place of I do this because you are my brother and my sister. I do this. It brings honor to Christ. I don't do this so that I can get a tap on the back and go, hey, hey, hey. That, I'm going to just be straight up. And this is not this is not a flex at all. But there's many things that both Mark and I do off camera for other people that never gets mentioned. We don't come up and go, we did 
so and so and so and so for so and so and so. There's there's many things that go on behind the scenes. Many people who have received the Bible um, free of charge, thanks to thanks to those who sow into the Bible ministry, we are able to continue to give people Bibles on a daily basis that they don't have to pay for. And so we are giving the seed that keeps on sowing, the seed that keeps on giving, and that is the word of God. Isaiah 55, verse 10 and 11 makes it abundantly clear that God's word will accomplish absolutely everything that it is set out to accomplish. There is nothing that Mike or I or anyone else can do. When we read scripture on the screen, we know <laughs> we know that someone is going to be blessed by the word of God. Not because I'm reading it or Mike's reading it, but because it's the word of God. And this is what you do not find in a prosperity gospel church, the word of God. <laughs> it's the word of self um, and no one, I'm sorry, no one can preach a sermon for an hour and 15 minutes using one Bible verse. That's like that. No Bible verse takes an hour and 15 minutes to exegete that. <laughs> that's just not, that's just not how it goes. That's just not how it gets down, man. Prosperity Absolutely. gospel preachers are just motivational speakers. Like if let's just pretend for one second, they never went to a church and they never joined a church or started a church. They would still be on stage speaking to many people. You could tell because what they're saying, there, there's a reason why what they're saying also appeals to non-Christians, right? You ever notice that there's certain pastors that appeal to non-Christians? Joel Osteen is one. There are people that go to Joel Osteen's church that could care less about Christianity. Right. And I saw someone ask, what about Joe Osteen? Right. I saw that question. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Joe Osteen for is, like I said, he is what is known as a motivational speaker. Now, do you want me to sit here and say what things has he said that are wrong in the sense of what he's saying is a lie? Not a lot. He doesn't lie. Here's what he does. He doesn't preach. He's not a pastor. He will not admit things that are biblical. He will not speak about them. He's been asked questions like, what do you think about this sin and this problem and this, this? He's like, well, you know, I just don't want to, you know, think, I don't think that's necessary to talk about Joel or mm -hmm. Joanne. And I just think that what we need to focus on is us and me. And he has these I am statements. First of all, think about that for a second. We serve a God that is literally his name is I am. And this guy has these statements that he wants you to wake up every morning saying, I am this, I am that, I am this. And it's like, you're manifesting. I am successful. I am fortunate. I am going to do this. I am going to do this, right? It's just a very interesting me, 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 yeah. me, 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 me. I'm not saying that that's evil in a sense like we're not sitting there being like that's what's wrong no we're saying that they're not doing what a they're pretending to be something they're not because that's not what they're yeah. doing they're not pastoring they're not leading people towards god they're trying to mm. give people a better mm. life now in fact i believe his book is called a better life now but the gospel yeah, is love your best better life, life now. in eternity that's see mm. th 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 there's the answer joe olstein's book is live your best life now jesus said live your best life later yeah that's Amen. the gospel. You died a self today so that you can live your best life with me in eternity. Amen. Brother. Jay's really Amen. Upset. He did not have the air horn present. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, <laughs> everyone keeps it. We can, go down this, we can go down this path for an hour of just like discussing prosperity gospel preacher by prosperity gospel preacher. Uh, let, yeah. Let's keep going. 
and, and, and I really want to go back to Luke 16 because, again, I think this is one that not a lot of people really look into uh, because it's yeah. a rough one. If you didn't notice here, J.D. was reading it. Jesus is using someone who's doing something shady as an example for us, right? It's not. Yeah. It's not. He's showing us what this person did and how his punishment's going to be. No, he's got this mm. person who's being told, I'm going to fire you. And this guy's like, well, if I'm going to be fired, then I need to make sure I set up my life right so that when I finish here, I can't work. I have nothing I can do for money. But you know what? I'm going to I'm going to be a blessing to these people so that when I'm in need, they're going to want to do something. They're going to want to help me. They're going to want to open their door to me. They'll be willing. Right. So he's using his money or his boss's money for uh, uh, relationship, yeah. relationship oh. building so that you can be connected to others. And Jesus ends up saying that that's what we need to be doing. And the truth is, if all you do is covet your money and keep it to yourself, and, and let's, or if all you do is keep your money to yourself and then, you know, once a month, you'll drop off a little yeah. money here at the church or something like there's a difference between that and using your money to further the kingdom, right? Having those moments where you use your money to build relationships, right? Maybe forgiving someone's debt. Maybe someone owes you $500 and you know, Hey, you know what? Don't worry about it. Mike, that's a lot of money. Hey, you wasn't getting it anyway. Show some love. You was good. You were fine. You were fine. Right. And guess what? You, he, the person might pay you still. It's not saying they can't still do it, but forgive the debt, right? Building relationships, because here's the thing. If our goal is to bring the gospel to someone, what is the best way to bring the gospel to someone? By them trusting you. Because when someone trusts you and they know that you love them, then they know that whatever you're going to say to them is beneficial. If JD hits me up and says, Mike, I want to tell you about something, I'm going to listen. That doesn't mean I'm going to agree with it. He might have the stupidest idea in the world. And I'll be like, JD, bro, dumb idea. But I'm going to listen. <laughs> right? I'm going to listen. Then, uh, Why? Because I know that JD loves me. And therefore, he's not going to come to me with something that he doesn't truly believe is beneficial to me. And how can we yeah. build trust? Using our money. Like, let's stop pretending the world doesn't love money. If the world loves money and you have what the world loves, then you can use it for the kingdom. And that's why I love what Jesus says here at the end when he says, for the sons of this world, non-believers, are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than the sons of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourself by means of unrighteous wealth so that when it fails, they may receive you into the, uh, into the eternal dwellings. One who is faithful in a very little is also faithful in much. And one who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. If then you have not been faithful in the unrighteous wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? Listen to what he's saying. He's telling you, I've got true riches to give you. But if you couldn't even handle this, which is pointless, like your yep. money is pointless and you know it. Because if you believe in me, I'm speaking as Jesus here, by the way. That's what I'm saying. If you believe in me, then you know that's pointless because I can give you everything, right? So if I believe in Jesus and he tells me that, then I should be willing to use my money. However, if I can't be faithful in unrighteous wealth, why should he give me glorious heavenly wealth? Because what will I do with that? Am I going to covet that too? Right? I, I love that he points this out, that it's about being faithful with a little, which would show us what the lot is. And, and that's also, this gets twisted a little bit, where people try and say, see, if you're faithful with your little bit of money, God will bless you. And that is true. But if you are only being faithful for the little, 
because someone told you by doing so you'll be blessed. You're not being faithful for God. You're being faithful for money. If you open yeah. your Bible to find ways to be blessed financially, your God is money. If you're not opening your Bible for Jesus every day, but then someone tells you, hey, did you know that you're supposed to be giving 10% and you suddenly crack your Bible open and you're like, wait a minute, and you're in the Bible trying to find out how much money you're, you owe, your God is money. Like, I, I, If that offends you, I'm sorry. I love you to death. Ironically, I just yeah. made a video about this earlier. But yeah, God will bless those that give. I'm not knocking that. It's not a guarantee, no. though. And his blessings are not always physical. His blessings are yeah. oftentimes spiritually. But there's a reason why God will let you be in that moment of, of pain and, and, and brokenness because he could care less about that. He wants you to have your eyes set on him. And if your eyes are set on money, well then, hey, got to go through what you got to go through. We read this a couple weeks ago on the podcast, Hebrews chapter 12. If you're not being disciplined by your father, then you're not a child of God. <laughs> you got to get yeah. disciplined at some point. Amen. Amen. I mean, and where where yes, where it gets interesting, where it goes into verse fourteen. I mean, verse fourteen through thirty one is where it gets really interesting because this is where we see how Christ explains what how he says. He says to us in verse verse thirteen, "You're either going to love the one and hate the other, and the one is going to despise the other, because you can't serve two masters." Now look, he says in verse 14, the Pharisees who were lovers of money heard all these things and they ridiculed him. And he said to them, you are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts for what is exalted among men is an abomination. In the sight of God. Now, just let's pause there for a second. Mm -hmm. Notice how Christ, every single time, you meet every person Christ meets and has an encounter with during his earthly ministry, he tells them the condition of their hearts. He tells them where their hearts are at because he is God incarnate. He tells them where their hearts are at. And in verse 16, he goes, the law and the prophets were until John. Since then, the good news of the kingdom of God is preached and everyone forces his way into it. But it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one dot of the law to become void. And the Pharisees could not understand this. And we've, we've gone into this previously. Chad and I dived into this when we discussed the, the Trinity, that word there pluricy the fulfillment of the law jesus christ is talking about 100 over here when he says not one dot of the law will become void then he goes on to explain divorce and remarriage and he goes on yeah everyone who divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery and he who marries a woman divorced from her husband commits adultery and then he goes on to explain and this is that parable you know what's interesting <laughs> real quick you know, I just want to throw this out there. It's interesting that he just drops this right here. And I'm just now like asking myself, let me make this little, let me talk to you, bro. I'm not even gonna pay attention to comments. It's just you and me talking. <laughs> Very interesting that he drops this here because if you think about it, this is completely out of nowhere, right? The divorce thing. And it's not an in detail thing, but what is he discussing? Israel is God's covenant. He has a covenant with them. 
And then yeah. he and, and they have chosen money over God, right? And he says you can't serve both, right? So adulterers. And 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 the scriptures constantly refer to Israel as the whore. Like, yo, you've been a whore. I mean, this is the story yeah. of Hosea yeah. going after Gomer, right? Jesus came to get his whore of a wife, us, who has turned to sin, turned to adultery, and we have committed adultery against him. And it's interesting, everyone who divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery. We have divorced our, our, our covenant with God and we go and we try and marry to another to the money. It's interesting mm. that, again, mm. I'm not saying that's what Jesus meant, but it's very interesting that he just kind of drops this right here, right? Like just, mm, yeah. Like, Let me just wait, leave this here. Yeah. Wait, Jesus, a minute ago, we was talking about Pharisees. Now you're about <laughs> to go into the Sheol, but for like a half a second, Lord, what? Like I mean, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, who yeah, mentioned just, marriage? What's going on? Right? I really wonder. Is this or is this him? I mean, it's true what he's saying, but is he bringing this up to remind us that what we're doing is adultery because we were his? He he saved us, right? Well, I'm not a Jew, but if I'm a Jew in this moment, you know, he saved us out of Israel, right? I mean, out of Egypt. He, he is the one who got us through the, to the promised land, right? All these things, right? All the yeah. way building up to there. Um, and Israel was his chosen nation, right? And, and now, obviously, the bride of Christ is, is his people. Spiritually, we are his people because his first bride, shall we say, uh, uh, died in their sins and committed adultery, which is also interesting because the one reason for remarriage allowed in Scripture, Jesus says, is sexual immorality. Yeah, so he just drops a little bag of lead feathers, like, here we go. You chew yeah. on that one. You know, this is and and this is why this is why Christ also says, you know, his parables, his parables will be hard to understand for those who are not spiritual. This is also why Paul says we cannot discuss things that are spiritual with those that are yet carnal, because they'll also just overlook what we say. And this is why we see that the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, perishing. But to us who are saved, or being saved, it is the power of God and the wisdom of God. So here we go. There's 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 a lot of a lot of depiction, you know, on this parable. Was this a physical event? Is Jesus referring to a physical event here? Um, and and a lot. If you go look deep into into Luke chapter sixteen from verse nineteen. Um, a lot of people would, uh, you know, great scholars have said that this is an actual event. Jesus Christ is referring to uh, an actual event that is taking place because he is God um, and he is able to break things down and show us, uh, you know, things that we have not yet seen. And there was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen, who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came to lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried by angels to Abraham's side. So what do we see? That those that passed away prior to Christ went into Abraham's bosom. This is, this is what the Bible explains to us. No one has seen heaven until the death and death and resurrection of Christ Jesus. The rich man also died and was buried and in Hades or which is translated hell or Sheol, wherever you would like to put that in. 
and, and we can always go into the Greek there if you like. Being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, child, remember that you had a life in your lifetime, received your good things. And Lazarus, in like manner, bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in anguish. And besides all of this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able to come across Sorry, I just lost my uh, to none may cross from there to us. And he said, then I beg you, father, to send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers so that they may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, no, father Abraham. But if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. And he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. And and this is so important. This I, love, is so I love the little interesting little end right there, because it's also pointing to the fact that they're going to deny Jesus's resurrection. It doesn't matter. If they deny the original revelation, what Jesus did wasn't going to change nothing. And this goes hand in hand with what me and JD have said before. Atheists, listen, they're not looking for new evidence. They've heard it all. God could literally come sit down next to them. And most of them that, that are already like lock in step on not believing, they're just going to be like, oh, well, it must have been a hallucination. Right, it, 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 nothing. If a person rose from the dead, they'd be like, "No, no, no, it's trickery. It's a lie. It's whatever." Right, and, and I love that it points to like, no, you don't need someone to go back from the dead. If they rejected that, they rejected it. Like, and I think this is kind of what Hebrews six makes clear as well. Like to the Jews that rejected what they saw from Jesus, they they were close. They touched everything and felt the Holy Spirit's presence. They rejected that. Ain't nothing else yeah. you can do. Nothing else you can do. They're gone forever. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I saw the question there. Uh, thanks. Thanks to uh, Jesus is King for answering. But yes, uh, it's not the same Lazarus. Uh, quite a common name. John, Lazarus, Peter, Cephas. These were common names. Simon. They were common names in that time. So you'll, you'll hear many of the same names, not the same person. Um, but ultimately, that, that that you just hit the nail on the head. This is something, and why? And people are like, okay, we're talking about the prosperity gospel here. What's this got to do with the price of eggs? It's got everything to do with the price of eggs because what we see here is something that is missing from the prosperity gospel. And people are like, oh, and anyone who knows where I'm heading with this, true repentance. <laughs> and, and it was so fitting because I just watched a video <laughs> that Mark posted on true repentance which leads to godly sorrow. Godly sorrow brings forth true repentance. Worldly sorrow leads to death. So this is not a situation of, I'm sorry I got caught. This is a situation of, there are things that I know about me that none of you know, but I know he knows. 
and I've laid all of that at the foot of the cross. This is this is the question we we when we and I'll just use a Joel Osteen sermon for an example here. He says, "Come as you are, stay as you are. Christ loves you no matter what. There is absolutely nothing you need to do." Uh, and 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 in 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 light, it sounds like okay, yeah, we are saved by faith. We are saved by grace through faith alone in Christ alone. Absolutely agree, but. He's not telling you to put your faith in Christ. He's telling you to put your faith in yourself. He's telling you to put your, your faith in you are who you are. And that's just who you are. And, and you can kind of have Jesus as a sidekick. You can, you can have Jesus as an emergency, you know, like a spare wheel or a credit card. You, you can have Jesus when you need Jesus. But the rest of the time, you could just, you could just be you. You know, just be the God of your tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. You you just, you just be you and, and, and just keep being you. You just, you, the you out of yourself. You know what I mean? Where, where this contradicts everything that Christ said, contradicts everything that Paul said, contradicts everything that Peter said, because they said, once you've believed the gospel, there is an inward change that takes place. There is an inward change that takes place and we no longer live to serve ourselves. We now live to serve the one who saved us. Um, that sounds a way like opposite ends of the spectrum, opposite yeah. ends of the spectrum. Notice, I love that yeah. the fact that it starts with this rich man clothed in purple and fine linen. And back then, right, purple, the colors had an importance beyond them. Purple symbolized royalty or prestige. Uh, so this person clearly, if he's clothed in purple and fine linen, he's got money. And it's saying that he's feasting every day. And at his gate, there's, you know, the poor man um, named Lazarus, right? So it's painting this uh, this idea of these two different, uh, you know, characters, and we see this actually throughout Jesus's gospels, uh, the different gospel accounts of Jesus a lot where he kind of points to these things. That's why while, while J.D. was talking, I ran over the, the parable of the talents and uh, uh, the final judgment. I'm not going to read it all. You can go there and read it if you want. It's in Matthew 25. But we see him where he's saying, you know, to his righteous, when I was naked, you you clothed me. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me drink. And then to the unrighteous, he said, you didn't do these things. And both groups both the righteous and the unrighteous said, Lord, when did we pass by you and not feed you? We would have given you our stuff. And he said, what you do to the least of them, you do to me. Now, I think about this for a second. <laughs> I don't know where we, the, is the prosperity gospel sound like that to you, right? It's not about what you do to others. It's about me, self-help and my prosperity and what I need. And, and we skip this idea. And everybody always does like, well, if Jesus was there, I would have gave you food. Like I, that's what many of us would say to Jesus. If he put us in that position, many of us would respond the same way they did. Where were you at, Lord? I didn't see you. I would have definitely helped you, Lord. Lord, if I would have, yeah. Lord, if I would have seen you, I would have dove down and did it. And he's like, well, why won't you do that to the least of them? And, and yeah. James kind of reminds us of this, that we curse the very people made in his image, right? Yeah. The constant reminder that the, I don't ever see God caring about your comfort. We're called to be persecuted. We are told we will be persecuted. We will be poured out. We will be treated different. We will be hated for his name. And let me make something very clear. If you're hated for his name, then nothing about yourself can be changed to make people not hate you. The only thing you can do to make people not hate you is remove his name from you because they're hating you for his name. So 
this idea of uh, it, it's just sad what we see today in today's Christianity that that don't realize that we're not. This isn't supposed to be our end all be all. This is I, yeah. I mean, matter of fact, and, and it goes hand in hand with the prosperity gospel. We don't realize this because we've allowed. Let's just be honest. You and I wake up, JD, and every day we step outside and the and life as we see it with our human eyes. People working, business owners, you know, building, growing, and these. This is what the focus is, and families, etc. But if we go back to the garden, and you and I have been reading Genesis, we were created to just be with our Father. We were created mm-hmm. to be with our God. We were created to be in His presence. We were created to to enjoy His creation. This was never supposed to be about me. This was never supposed to be about us. Where where God is separate from from society, and we are just doing our own thing. Because this yeah. is his his creation, we're supposed to Amen. we're not supposed to coexist with him separately. We're supposed to coexist with him, and when we push Amen. him away, we focus on money and success because that's what we think the priority is. And then we try and include God in that. We're like, well, God wouldn't want me to not be successful. God wouldn't. We start saying these things as if they're true, but they're what we want. Like God wouldn't yeah. want me to suffer tonight god wouldn't want me to not have you know this extra thousand dollars i've been holding on to god wouldn't want me to lose that because that's my comfort money right god wants me to have that right these things we say because we forget what the purpose was the purpose wasn't to ever have a savings account god did not create and say i saw it all and it was not good i gave them savings accounts and now it is good you were never called to save anything because god was going to provide daily yeah, that's exactly it. That's <laughs> you know the I mean? main thing. That's when the main thing. When we understand our purpose, you understand what the prosperity gospel truly is. Because the prosperity yeah. gospel destroys the purpose of creation, where it's not about me. It's about him and me being part of it and being a witness to him and worshiping him and 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 existing with him as his creation. Yeah. And this is the thing, like you, you see these services and these stadiums get filled up and, and it's lights and it's music and it's cameras and it's action. And, and you've got 60,000 people all, all standing on their feet um, and, and, and praying that somehow that on this night they will receive a message or a blessing or a divine revelation that they've never heard or seen before from whoever is going to take the stage and these people are sitting among people if if 60,000 people got together let, let's just work just do the math in your head if 60,000 people got together and everybody said right let's all put a fish in the bucket and let's together make a difference because we cannot justify we cannot justify and this. People say, why are there so many starving kids in the world? I asked that question to Christians. Yes. Yes, Christians. Why are there so many starving kids in the world? And what are we doing about it? You see, because it's, it's really easy to sit and make a show about something. It's really easy to sit and talk about something. But, but can we stand up and do something about it? And, and every single day when we go out on the streets and we see these people, that, that are so grateful to just have a Bible in their hands. And we've got Christians living in 127 million bedroom uh, mansions, uh, holiday homes in Maui and, and in the Bahamas, when you've got people on your very own streets 
who are dying without food, dying without the word of God. And, and this is this is why we speak against, firmly against the prosperity gospel, because the prosperity gospel has not done any favors to anyone. And, and the, I've seen this, this question a couple of times in the chat. So here's, here's the thing. The, the prosperity gospel blinds people from the goodness of Christ. It blinds people from the goodness of Christ. That's, that's the be all and end all. Because if you are so focused on getting your life fixed here, you are spending absolutely no time meditating on heaven. You are spending no time of meditating, being in God's presence, and you are spending absolutely no time in prayer and absolutely no time in your Bible. Because the only thing you are trying to get better at is a better version of yourself. And, and that's, that's just not what it is. So I, I wanted to bring up this comment so I didn't forget to talk to this person because I do want to talk to her. Um, we need to understand something, that God doesn't see the things the way we see them. And I've told JD, JD this off air, and some people have heard me say this before. I am fully convinced that I'll die when my death does more for the kingdom than my life does. Because God's not concerned about giving me an extra day for my own needs or for for my wife's needs, right? My wife's on here. I know she's listening. So she, she probably knows that I stand on this, that God doesn't care about our selfish desires. If it's time for me to go, he's taking me. And I fully understand that, right? And sometimes we have this self, and I'm not trying to make you feel bad, sister, because I've had to deal with this as well with my father being taken, right? But then I had to realize it's selfish of me to think that if I believe that he's with my Lord and, and therefore he's also painless. And, and if your mother was dealing with cancer, guess what? There's no more pain. She's dancing with her Lord. And maybe God knew that her leaving was actually what was needed for someone to come to him. And if, if your mother would have known that her death at this certain time meant eternal life for a few people, I'm sure she would have been like, Father, bring me home. Because I'll tell you this right now. If the Lord told me I'm taking you tomorrow, because tomorrow, if I take you, it's going to leave four people to me. Lord, do, can I go tonight? What do you need of me? Right? Because we never know. We don't know the ripple effect of these things. And this is why... What we've been convinced is to pray for just the healing rather than praying that his will be done. And if that, and if his will be healing, then let his will be here, healing. But yeah. let your will be done, Lord. If, if, if healing yeah. is what's necessary, it's because someone needs to see that healing to be saved. You see, God doesn't heal us so that we have an extra day for ourselves. When God heals, it's so someone who doesn't believe sees the, the power of God and comes to salvation. We never see Jesus doing things in the locked door behind people. Mm -hmm. uh, he does it so others see it because it was a demonstration of what? He tells us all the time that the miracles were what? A witness to who he was sent by. He says it that my works bear witness to what I do or to, you know, yeah. to who I am, right? And therefore, he gives us this ability to do these works, not for our own self. None of the gifts yeah. that God gives us is to make my day better today or my tomorrow better tomorrow. Amen. And blessings are always to bring more to the Lord because if she's in the Lord, she's got everything she needs already. So Amen. sometimes when it comes, so with the person you're currently worried about, I would say, don't pray the way, the way you did with your mother. Take it as a growing experience and come to the Lord differently saying, Lord, you know what? I understand that sometimes I don't understand. And Lord, I trust you because you're just. So Lord, let your will be done. 
And if, if your will is contrary to what I understand, Lord, all I ask is that you give me understanding. There's an old prayer that we used to say a lot, the serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot and to change the things that I can or whatever it is. Uh, a great yeah. prayer, though, because it's saying, Lord, if I can change it, let me change it. And if I can't, Lord, give me that peace and calmness to the things I can't understand. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Amen. And that's what we Amen. need to understand. And I and that go, I, was, I already was pulling these scriptures up because it goes hand in hand with what we're talking about. But it, it, I want you to hear it as well. Um, well, actually, this one specifically is what I really was going to show. Um, in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 3, he says, Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you thinks that he is wise in his age, let him become a fool that he may become wise. For wisdom, for the wisdom of this world is folly with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. So let no one boast in men. Ready? This is the main part. For all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or present or the future, all are yours and you are Christ's and Christ is God's. So if in Christ, everything belongs to me already, like it might not be in my possession physically, but if I share in the eternal heir of Christ, I am Amen. the co-heir with Christ, which the scripture declares and everything belongs to Christ and everything belongs to me. Now, my yeah. Lord has not returned yet, and therefore it might not be in our possession, but everything belongs to you because you are in Christ. You have access to Amen. everything because he's the creator of all. If the creator yeah. of all is on your team, then there's nothing you don't have. And we need to understand that our, our prosperity gospel is the prosperity of knowing Jesus, right? And that's why I also pulled up Colossians and Jeremiah, and then I'll give it back to J.D., in Colossians, this is the prosperity gospel we should be preaching. Paul says, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that God bless you financially with gold, diamond. Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. Let me put my glasses on, JD. That's not what it says. Thought I was reading the Kenneth Copeland version. Oh, we've been asking <laughs> God that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Boom. That's it. Paul wasn't Boom. worried about what you have in this physical world. He was worried about you knowing God. Let's read the very next chapter because he's going to tell you what that means. It says right here, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You see, knowing Jesus is the greatest thing you can ever have. So there's nothing worth boasting about more than saying, I know God. There's nothing more to pray for for others than being able to say that they know God. Because in God, I mean, in Jesus is all the richness and glory that there is. And if I take Amen. you back to the Old Testament, this isn't something new. If you go to the end of the Old Testament, it says, let, the, let not the, and you've probably heard me quote this before if you're on this podcast often. This is one of my favorite passages. Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, let not the mighty man boast in his might, let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love and justice and righteous in earth, righteousness in, in, the, in the earth, for in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Do you hear what that's saying? See, Christians don't realize this. There's one thing you're allowed to boast about. See, people say, Mike, you seem too too, you know, arrogant for a Christian or too confident. I don't know what the word they say. I boast in this. You'll never hear me talk about my wisdom. You'll never hear me talk about my successes, but you know what you will hear me say? 
oh, I know the Lord and the Lord knows me because I have that yeah. assurance of salvation, as it says in Colossians, because I know he knows Amen. my name. I don't need nothing else. I boast in that. And you're right. I am proud to boast in that because that's the one place Amen. where my pride and boasting isn't in me. It's my pride is in him. My boasting is in him. That's the prosperity gospel right there. That's what matters when it comes to prosperity. Not, not your money, not your riches, not your successes, not your wisdom, but do you know the Lord? And that word, no, yeah. we, we did that on that one episode, JD. If you remember, we talked deeply about what it means to know the Lord. Because Jesus yeah, said amen. in Matthew 7, you know, I never knew you. Not I knew you once and you left. Not I knew you once and you mm -hmm. fell. Mm -hmm. I, knew, mm -hmm. I never knew you. Amen. You either know amen. him or you don't know him. Yeah. Period. There's amen. no in between. Matter there is no, the, no gray area, man. Ready? Look at the three crosses. On one side is the thief who uh, the, the the thief who was saved. On the other side was the proud who didn't care about anything but himself. And in the middle is Jesus. You're either one the one on the right or the one on the left. You can't be in the middle. That's Jesus. There's no yeah. other options. You either Amen. say, Lord, I am unworthy and you are king, or you say, This ain't fair. I should I deserve more. Praise deserve the Lord. Better. So either boast to the Lord or think you deserve more. There's no in between. Amen. Uh, I mean, and, and, and this is, I'll, I'll close with this. I'll close with this. I saw a question from our sister, Danny, oh, and, and, and she asked, you know, is it wrong to pray for God to help you with your house and bills, etc.? No, absolutely not. I wouldn't have the house I have today if it wasn't for God. I wouldn't have the vehicle if it wasn't for God. Again, every good thing in my life, I acknowledge that this is from God. It's not because of something I did better than someone else. It's a gift from God. And again, we see this with stewarding. We are given a, a, a something and we steward these things, the car, the household, the things you have, you have put in, you've been put in charge. And that's exactly why I brought us to Luke 16. Because if you are faithful in that which is little, God will give you more. If you are faithful in that, which is little, God will give you more. So if you've been given, and this is why I say that there's nothing wrong with having a lot of money, but if you've got a lot of money, you better be a big giver. You must be a big giver because God has given you so that you can keep giving. And I'm not saying go and drop two grand in the offering box every Sunday. I'm saying help people. Get involved in projects, community projects. See how you can build people up. See how you can help clothe those who don't have clothing. Feed those who don't have food. If you've been given more, this is a clear sign from God that he trusts you to steward that money. That you can steward that money correctly and, and use it to build up the kingdom of God. A lot of people come to the, the knowledge of the truth of the gospel by what they see us living out the gospel. I can't be like, hey... I'm a Christian. I love Jesus. And then when someone says, yo, can I have half of your sandwich? No, this is for me. This is my sandwich. I made it. Like, <laughs> this is one of the first things we teach our children as they grow up. How to share with one another. How to be, give your brother a piece. Give your sister a piece. We teach sharing because this has been imprinted in us. When Christ said, I will write my law upon your hearts. We want to share. The Christian wants to give. It's not a it's not a question of, oh, now I must do this again. Now I've got to give. No, we want to give. We want to give. And, and the whole reason 
again for this for this podcast is because God has really pressed this on my heart after last week's mailbag episode and I saw how many people were blessed and and here's the reality we'd love to do that every week we'd love to give and give and give and give and give that's that's 100% Mike's heart my heart we'd love to keep giving to anyone and everyone if we came across you and you were like hey I like your shirt sweet have one yeah you know I need a bible have one okay <laughs> you know, I like. I want to. If we could give away study Bibles on every single podcast, we would definitely do so. Again, here's the thing: there's a hundred people watching right now. If if any one of the hundred people that are watching this podcast right now, and I want you to be serious right now, any one of you are in a place right now where you have come to Jesus because you're expecting Him to change your circumstances here in the now. And you've given something so that you can get a change or you can see a change. You very, very, very possibly might have grabbed the robe of the wrong Jesus. And I'm, 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 I'm telling you I this. I like that expression. You may have grabbed the robe of the wrong Jesus. I really like that. <laughs> and, and I'm telling you this because I love you guys. I love you guys. And, and for us right here, the, the purpose of this podcast, the purpose of the Bible reading, the purpose of us, us doing this together is to see people come to the knowledge of the truth in Christ. Amen. Believe the gospel. Don't believe everything that's out there that, that, that is just thrown out there and people just speak flippantly on the word of God and take a little segment of scripture and completely butcher it and take it out of context. We're asking you. Do you know Christ? Are you known by Christ? And, and again, you've just said it. I'm going to say it again. There's either You're either one of the two thieves. There is no gray area. There is no decisions to be made after this life ends. You need to make a decision tonight, wherever you're at, that you are going to believe that Christ Jesus is the eternal Son of God, the eternal Lamb that was slain. And that he died for the sins of the world, that he was buried and he rose again on the third day. And he is coming back to execute his judgment and to save his people. So you're either, again, you're going to be judged by God in the final days, or you are going to be welcomed by him with a loving embrace. But here's the reality, as Philippians 2 puts it. Every single knee will bow. Every single tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So with that being said, I love you all. Um, I've got to be out of here. <laughs> and um, it's, it's, it's about that time, man. It's about that time. I mean, you've got a little bit. You've got like seven and a half minutes. No, if you have to go, by all means, let us know. Um, but um, I wanted to add something, though, because you you mentioned, you know, that the Lord can bless you, right? No one's saying that opposite. What do I always tell you guys? And this is what I want to end with. And, and it's fine if we end a little early tonight. Um, I'll do my normal Q&A early. Um, it's not the what you do or the what you have or the what, any of the what's. It's the why, right? When people say, is it wrong to pray for money? Well, why are you praying for money? What why? Are you truly struggling and you're saying, Lord, I need your help to get to tomorrow? Or are you saying, Lord, I really want to go on this vacation? Please, Lord. Right? Uh, why? Is your why folk? Are you only praying because of money? Have you been praying? Did you pray yesterday because of the sunny day? 
and say, Lord, thank you for this day that I woke up on? Or have you not prayed in six weeks, but today my bills are tight, so I'm going to turn to the Lord, right? The why, not the what. If you have money, the what doesn't mean anything. What do you, where's your heart at? And here's the problem that I did. I should have mentioned this at the beginning. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and all righteousness, and then all things will be provided for you. The prosperity gospel is seek the all things because God wants to provide it for you. Notice there's a missing part. God isn't going to give you things that you will spend on your passions. Matter of fact, this is actually probably a great time to read James chapter, uh, uh, just a real quick snippet. And if JP, if you have to go, I apologize. You can just go because I have to read this one. Uh, no, James that's cool. Chapter, brother. Well, I love you guys and God bless you all. And, and, uh, thanks for being here. Sorry. I've got to hop out early, but I've got yeah. to leave soon. So I love you guys. God bless you. Grace and peace. God bless you, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Um, but I have to read this because this is really uh, crucial for what we're talking about right now. It says, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. And then here's the part I want you to hear. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. Do you hear what he's saying? And I realized this when I came back to the Lord uh, several years ago. I realized that, that I wasn't ready for a lot of the things I was asking for. Every time I asked for help financially, I would have blew that money on sinful things. If God would have blessed the old Mike with money, like just make money appear in my bank like some people wish God would do, I just would have got high. I just would have went and did stupid things and wasted stupid money because I wasn't seeking first the kingdom of God and all righteousness. You see, God's not about to bless you with something that's going to curse you. He's not in the business of sending you down a road of your dirty passions. That was James chapter four, starting at verse one. You see, sometimes God's no's are for your benefit, but you're so stuck in your own flesh that you're like, well, why isn't God giving me that? I really needed that. No, you didn't need that. You thought you needed that. You wanted that. You wanted it really bad. And we've all wanted things really badly. Heck, I wanted to, you know, get something, a different type of car, or I wanted to do this, or I wanted to go here and I wanted this. But when it passed, you realized, okay, whatever. I'm happy with what I had. Matter of fact, me and my wife were just talking. And we were talking about how people will buy these super expensive cars. And we all have that super expensive car. You deeply in like your heart would like, well, I would drive it. Like I'm not dropping the money for it, but if it somehow fell on my lap, that's the one I would want to fall on my lap. And we're talking and we're real and we're, and we were discussing it. And I said, you know, it's weird because no matter what, once you buy a car, give it two, three months. It's just a car. It doesn't matter what the outside looks like. doesn't matter how much you loved it. When you found that car, eventually it kind of blends into just like all the other cars you owned. The difference is you were so captivated when you first saw it and all of its features and how it looks and it's clean that you were willing to pour out so much more money that you really didn't need to. The $100,000 car will get you from A to B like the $20,000 car will at the end of the day, like legit. And honestly, the $20,000 car is also probably a lot cheaper to service and keep running. And at the end of the day, after a couple months pass by, you sitting in that $20,000 car is no different than you sitting in that $100,000 car. It, it becomes the same thing every day. It's the same seats, the same radio, the same steering wheel, the same gas. But in the moment, we think we want it because we see it and we're like, mm, I want that. And, and it might not be cars for you. 
It, it might not be, uh, it might be, I don't know what it might be for you, but there's things that we think we want, but we don't need it. We don't. There's a lot. I made my video earlier that's probably just posted now because it was a long video where I even talked about, you know, everybody always says in the background, I say, Mike, your house looks so nice. I've got seven humans that live here. Well, six now, but when we bought it, you know, seven humans, my father was here, my mother's here, three kids, two dogs, right? I needed a larger house. But at the end of the day, you're right. I don't need this because seven humans can fit in something smaller. But we're so used to comparing ourselves to the people around us. So if people around us live in abundance, first world country, we're looking at people that live in abundance like, well, I don't got that. We talked about this earlier. Don't compare yourself to the to the wrong example. Well, look, I don't have a mansion with 47 bathrooms that I could never use, right? And again, it's not about saying you have to move out of your house and sell everything that you have. Right? I, I get that. I'm not telling you that. And JD emphasized it, and I want to emphasize it. It's the why. We just want you to have your mind focused on the right thing. We We know that in this country, we are more fortunate. And you rejecting uh, you know, the ability to be comfortable isn't what we're saying. I, I just want to keep emphasizing that. But why do you do what you do? Why do you spend your money on what you spend your money on? Why do you use your money um, uh, uh, on what you're using your money at? Where's your heart? Thank you, Michelle. That's what we're really trying to get you to. And this is a conversation I highly recommend. You you don't just have it once and then and leave it alone. Because every day you live in this country where you're getting bombarded with the media and the commercials and diamonds and money and buy this, buy this and trip here, this, this. You're always being bombarded with the flesh. And if you only talk to yourself once every seven years about this, you can fall right back into it. You got to constantly remind yourself like, you know what? I don't, I don't need this stuff. And in six months, I'm going to have to remind myself this. When I see the game, you know, y'all know I like video games. When I see that new game came out and it's like $70, bro, $70 to sit here and play with a controller. Like, mm, do I really need that? No, I don't. Right. At $70, it could be valuable. I could use that for other things. Right, it only costs you forty-four dollars a month to make sure a child has school supplies and food through the company Compassion. Right, I, 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 me and my wife sponsor a child there, and I'm not sitting here saying like, look at that. I'm saying, look what, look how much forty dollars a month goes. All right, you could sign up for that right now. Forty dollars a month, make sure a kid gets his school supplies in another country where he's not fortunate. And honestly. That wasn't meant to come down this path, but if you guys have never looked at Compassion, uh, the, co the the organization, absolutely amazing. I'm not I'm not you know affiliated with them. I'm not sponsored by them, but we've I've met people that have testimonies of it that were the children in another country, and because of that program, like their lives changed. One of them is actually like a spokesperson of Compassion now, um, and the guy that was writing him letters every month ended up being like best man at his wedding as he got older and all types of stuff. Um, so it's an amazing organization and there's all types of these organizations, but I, uh, again, Compassion International. Yes, Rhonda. Again, unrelated, but I just want you to have these thoughts in your head. What could I be using this for? Because that little $2 that you didn't need to spend could bless someone. You have no idea that, that, that $20, that $50 and, and be very mindful of the fact that we are rich. We live in a rich country. Every time we read the Bible and you read scripture saying that uh, it's harder for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of heaven, that is you. Like, I'm, I'm sorry to say that. I know this might be hard to hear. But when we read the Bibles, we, we shouldn't be relating to the poor Jew that's being under Roman oppression. That is not you. You're the Roman. 
when you read the Old Testament, if you live in America, in, in the United States, listen to me, you're the Egyptian. Now, God bless that Jesus saves the Gentiles, right? But that's us too. And God shows no partiality. So God bless. Amen. That's amazing. But I want you to remember something. You're not as bad as you think you are if you live in the United States. Even if compared to other Americans, you feel like you're broken in poverty. I'd rather be homeless in the United States than, uh, than being in a third world country at all. Like regardless of what level I am. Because at least being homeless in the United States, there's people around me with an abundance that throw it away. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? We don't have it bad here. Compared to each other, we might. But if you look out, everyone's blessed here, even the homeless. I'm sure someone's going to snip that and, and, and use that against me. But uh, <laughs> if you listen to the whole video, you'll know exactly what I'm saying. Uh, but guys, all right, we are at the end of this episode. So as always, we're going to go ahead and end it here on YouTube. So the people that are listening in on Spotify don't have to listen to the, the Q&A part. But if you have questions about tonight's episode or if you're on TikTok and you've been listening without the ability to comment, uh, you can. Uh, we're going to turn the comments on there. So I'll be going over there for a short amount of time and then hopping off for the night. We appreciate you guys coming out here and tuning in with us. The same people showing up every week is, is a blessing to us and all the new faces are amazing. Uh, if you're listening to this afterwards and uh, and tuning in uh, you know, to the recorded version, we appreciate you too. We might not get to see you all the time. You might be working when we go live. You might have a family that you can't do this with. Uh, you can't go live and listen to us, uh, but we appreciate you coming at other times and, and, and listening to what we have to say. We're just two wretched sinners trying our best to share the word of God. So we appreciate you greatly. Make sure you're back Wednesday. Voice of Reason is coming on. Again, not the Catholic Voice of Reason. Um, I will be posting about it on TikTok to make sure people are aware. Definitely looking forward to it. If you have questions about like those science arguments, I truly believe this is going to be a blessing because I, I love his page. I love it because it's a different approach to apologetics that I do. I don't go that route. People are like, Mike, you're so wise. No, I'm not. I'm just, I know what I'm talking about. So I talk about what I know. I don't know anything about that realm. I could never hold my own. If I had to debate him on his subject, he would destroy me. Like, I'm just saying like, everybody has their specialties. Everybody has their strengths. And he handles that more science side of the Bible. And I absolutely love it. I'm happy that he's going to join us on the show. So make sure you're back Wednesday. I think it's going to be an incredible episode. And uh, as always, guys, uh, God bless you and go in peace. And make sure that you send that email if you won something last week. Let me let me make sure I emphasize that strongly before I close here because I do want to make sure everybody gets their giveaways. Uh, so, yeah, God bless, guys. Go in peace. Okay.